welcome to the Fantasy Grades Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Patton. Um, This is episode three, and in this episode, we are covering week two. We are also going to recap week one, um, because week one is done, y'all. It has come and gone, and we've got winners, we've got losers, we've got people that are trying to fix their lineups, trying to prepare for the upcoming week to try to get their first dub of the season. Um, But today... I will be recapping week one, who won, who lost, who were some big producers in those games, as well as going over some trades and transactions that have happened, and also a week two preview. And as always, like I promised, we will have a special guest at the end of this episode, which will be the manager of Soul Snatcher 3000, a.k.a. Again, why do I keep saying a.k.a.? Um, the manager of Soul Snatcher 3000, Troy Patton, will be on the podcast at the very end. We will be covering his week two matchup as well as um, how he feels about his week one victory. So we will talk about that at the end of the podcast. Again, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. I know we have a few people out there that have listened every single week to every single episode. So just know you are appreciated. And again, thank you everyone to following uh, for following the Instagram account and um, interacting on all the posts and voting. This week I forgot, and I'm slacking y'all, I apologize, um, I forgot to post the week two matchups and get every um, everyone's opinion on who they thought would win. So week two voting did not happen, so I will not, unfortunately, will not be able to share... Um, everyone's thoughts on who they think will win week two matchups but I will try to remember and have that ready for the week uh, week three of the fantasy season uh, so I can share those on next week's podcast but anyways let's go ahead and get into the week one recap so the first matchup I'm going to cover is team Mac J and cheese and the Dreamville ring chasers now this one Kind of hits home for me. Obviously, I took the L. T-Mac, Jay, and Cheese defeated their Dreamville Ring Chasers 131-126. to um, Going into Monday night's game, I think I had a 20-point lead. And he had Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs left to play. Um, I was really more concerned with Josh Jacobs. Um, I wasn't so much concerned with Henry Ruggs. I felt confident that I could probably get by... Um, with him not putting up as many points, I knew Josh Jacobs was um, had like a toe turf injury, or a turf toe injury, I should say, and he also had an illness, so I didn't know if he was going to play. Well, it turns out, like in the last drive of the game, Henry Ruggs got two catches for like forty six yards, and that just put him above me. So, Team Mac J and Cheese, congratulations! Some big producers for you this week were. Amari Cooper putting up 38 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Russell Wilson as well putting up 35 against the Colts. And as um, if you listened, if you listened last week, you know that I made predictions on all of the matchups. So as you know, I voted for myself. So T Mac Jane Cheese won. I'm 0 and 1 on my predictions so far. Next matchup we're covering is Lord of the Rings against Ligma Big One. Um, Lord of the Rings took the win in this game. He defeated Ligma Big One 128 to 120. 
this was actually a really close matchup, and I think Ligma Big One probably would have won if the Packers did not just completely shut down against the Saints. I think Aaron Rodgers, who was Ligma Big One's quarterback, only put up like one point, and that is just unheard of for Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, imagine Aaron Rodgers has, a, like, throws one touchdown and puts up an extra seven points for Ligma Big One. This game would have been tied. Um, and, you know, just imagine that. So I think Ligma Big One got screwed over this week, but Lord of the Rings took the win, took the victory. Um, and some big producers for Lord of the Rings was Dak Prescott putting up an impressive 33-point game. And then Adam Thielen coming in with a 30-point game. Um, you know, I think he had two touchdowns. He, he really came in clutch for the Vikings, even though they did take the L to uh, the Bengals. So... I predicted Lord of the Rings would win. That was correct. Ding, ding, ding. So I'm 1-1 one one on my prediction so far. Next, we have the Orgasming Owls went on to defeat the Bottabinger Special Ed 159-98. Now that was a huge margin of victory there. Uh, some big producers for the Orgasming Owls were Kyler Murray with 41 points. Huge week for Kyler Murray. I think he had five touchdowns on the day. And then Darren Waller with 26 points. I think Darren Waller had like 19 targets in that game. So, you know, Darren Waller obviously going to be paying off uh, for that draft pick because he's, you know, obviously going to be a huge producer for the Raiders this year. I mean, week one having 19 targets, that should just show you and give you all the confidence that you need on the season for him. Um, I did predict that the Bottabinger Special Ed would win this game, so I was wrong in that aspect, so my predictions are now 1-2. and two. Next, we have Soul Snatcher 3000 going on and defeating the Louisiana Crawfish 166-121. to Soul Snatcher 3000 um, was our, uh, our big winner this week, put up the most points in the league with 166. Um, and some of his big earners, we have TJ Hawkinson coming in with 25 points. Huge week for the Lions. Um, and then we have Cooper Cup with 23 points on the week as well. So those were some of his big earners. I honestly, and, and last week I predicted that... Um, this matchup would be decided by like 0.5 points. I was just trying to kind of go on like a hot take. And um, Soul Snatcher 3000 took that personally and showed up and, you know, won by what was that, 45? So um, a big week there for him. Um, and obviously, like I said, the top scorer of the week. So he's going to have some confidence going into week two. Um, and I did predict Louisiana Crawfish would win. So my predictions, I'm down to one and three, y'all, so this ain't looking good. Um, next matchup, we have Jermama's Football Club going on to defeat the hometown drafters, 128 to 125. Super close matchup. Um, Jermama's Football Club had two big producers in Tyreek Hill scoring 37 points and DeAndre Hopkins scoring 26. Like I said in his post-draft coverage, um, I, I, I told everybody that Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins for Jermama's Football Club could could let alone just those two players, they could go on to defeat a team. And what do you know, week one, his top two scorers, Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. So um, I did predict Jermama's Football Club would win, so that puts my predictions at two and three. Next, we have 
two girlies, one cup, going on to defeat the Hotlanta Ballers, 138-112. Two girlies, one cup, uh, had Matthew Stafford, who put up 30 points. Like, and that makes me so happy for Matthew Stafford to, you know, have such a big victory and do so well. You know, obviously being a Georgia Bulldogs fan and, and Stafford playing for them in his college days, it just makes me happy for him to move on from the Lions, who have been just such a losing franchise to the Rams, um, and putting him potentially in a position to go to the Super Bowl. So super happy for Matthew Stafford putting up 30 points. That's awesome. And then David Montgomery was another big producer for Two Girlies, One Cup, putting up 18 points. Um, And I did predict Two Girlies, One Cup would win. So that finishes my week. I was 3-3. Not 3-4-3, but 3-3. I I predicted three wins. Did not predict those three losses, though. So there you go, guys. Week 1 recap. I have posted to the Instagram um, the week one recap. So go on the Instagram if you haven't seen it yet. Leave a comment. Talk some smack. Talk talk it up. If you lost, you know, try to redeem yourself in the comments. Um, but yeah, guys. So there is the week one recap. Let's go ahead and get into week two matchups because here we are, guys. The season's gonna just keep moving quick. So week one's already behind us. It felt like it was just here yesterday, and here we are about to start the next week. So there were a few transactions before week two that I want to cover first. We had actually two trades as well, so I will announce those. Um, But I, you know, last week I was announcing just every single transaction that had happened. We had a lot more transactions before, um, before and after week one. So I don't want to necessarily cover all of the minor transactions that happened. I started typing them all out on a document before I started the podcast, and I just realized that, you know, most of these transactions don't even matter. Like, you know, they're 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 minuscule compared to the bigger transactions that are happening. Um, so what I plan to do throughout the season is just kind of touch on major transactions and trades um, or ones that I find major. So here we go. Let's get into it. The first transaction uh, before week two, we have Jermama uh, Jamama's football club dropping Gus Edwards. Of course, Gus Edwards gets injured before week one. He's out for the season. It was horrible. He was in line to take on all of... He, he was going to be the lead back for the Ravens, and unfortunately, he goes down. Um, so, obviously, he had to be dropped. Let's go ahead and get into our first trade of the season between the Hotlanta Ballers and Jermama's Football Club. So Hotlanta Ballers acquired in this trade Brandon Cooks and Melvin Gordon. So getting a wide receiver who Brandon Cooks actually did a great job in week one uh, being, I think, the main target for Houston. And then Melvin Gordon, uh, who also had a pretty good uh, week one. And I think he had a huge touchdown run. So both of those players ended up producing. Um, I don't think Hotlanta Ballers started either one before the week one matchup, though. Um, And then Jermama's football club acquired Clyde Edwards-Alaire and David Johnson. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think he maybe put up 12 points in week one, something something around there. Um, I I definitely think Clyde is a player that um, a lot of people took a chance with last season and didn't necessarily pay off um, for where you drafted him. He was coming you know, out of the first round in most um, drafts. Um, so he definitely fell this year into a 
uh, round two pick. And um, I guess Jerome's football club wanted to take the chance on Clyde this year, which I think will pay off. Um, I think this was basically a pretty even trade. Um, you know, David Johnson was the other player that Jermama's football club acquired. He is, uh, you know, a, he's a part of the committee in Houston, uh, along with Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay. So, um, you know, David Johnson, he is probably one of the harder running backs to, you know, try to predict what he will do on a week-to-week basis. Um, so... He's kind of up in the air. He's more of a running back three. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I would say, is more of a running back one on the lower end. And then Brandon Cooks and Melvin Gordon from Hotland Ballers, both of those guys. I think Brandon Cooks is a wide receiver two, and then Melvin Gordon's a, a running back two. So I don't know. If you ask me, it kind of evened out. I think it was a pretty solid trade for both guys. I think they both got a little bit of what they needed. It looks like Jermama's football club needed a more solid running back one. And then Hotland Ballers needed some more depth. And Brandon Cooks will be a great flex, and Melvin Gordon should be a great flex and potential running back too. So we had another trade as well uh, between the Dreamville Ring Chasers and Team Mac J and Cheese. Uh, the Dreamville Ring Chasers acquired Miles Gaskin and traded away LaVisca Chenault Jr. Uh, Jr. So basically in that trade, just to kind of give you, I mean, I was a part of the trade, so I'll kind of give you some of the, you know, what I was thinking about before um the trade went through. I, I just wanted a little bit more depth at running back. Um, I've got Zeke and Austin Eckler, which are two, in my opinion, great running backs to have. Um, but I feel like I needed to kind of fill my f- flex spot a little bit more, and I wanted to have another reliable running back. And so Miles Gaskin is one of those um, running backs that could have a big year um, or could kind of stay middle ground. Um, but definitely a good flex play. And then um, I had LaVisca Chenault Jr., who I think will have a great year with uh, Trevor Lawrence. He put I think both players equally put up like 12 points last week. Um, so in my opinion, this was a pretty even trade. I got a little bit more depth at running back, and then T-Mac Jane, she's got a little bit more depth at wide receiver. And he actually started LaVisca Chenault at flex um, So and beat me. So there you go. Um one more transaction. Actually, we have two more transactions. Lord of the Rings had to drop Raheem Mostert. Obviously, had two carries on the week, and then is already injured and out for the season. I'm pretty upset about this because Raheem Mostert is such a good talent, and you know, really is a great running back. I I just hate to see that he's already out after week one. He dealt with some injury issues um, last season, and then here you go. He's already out for the season. Um, this year. And then the last transaction is probably the bigger um, waiver pickup for me this um, this week was Ligma Big One was able to pick up Elijah Mitchell and dropped Malcolm Brown. So that's really the big uh, waiver wire pickup from this past week. Um, I think Elijah Mitchell is a, a another running back that's going to be tough to gauge on how he's going to be each week. But after watching him in week one, he I think he had over 100 yards rushing, a touchdown. Um, you know, Trey Sermon was not active for the game. So that could definitely play um, a part in what could, you know, allow Elijah Mitchell not to get as much um, looks in the backfield. But I do think Elijah Mitchell should 
come out and get more opportunities uh, throughout the season, being that Raheem Mostert is out. So those are the transactions, the trades and transactions before week two. Hope you guys enjoyed that, and we will go ahead and jump right into the matchups for week two. So first up, we have the Orgasming Owls at 1-0 against Team Mac, J, and Cheese, who is also 1-0. One of these guys are going to leave week two with an L, ESPN projects that the Owls will defeat Mac J and Cheese, um, and they've projected it 52% to 48%. Again, this would be where I would come in and let you go, uh, let you guys know where the league voted. Uh, but again, I apologize, I forgot to do that this week, and I will try to do that again next week. But nonetheless, ESPN does predict the Owls over Team Mac J and Cheese. Next, we have the hometown Drafters. Going up against Lord of the Rings, a little mother against son here, and uh, hometown drafters is zero and one, and Lord of the Rings is one and zero. So hometown drafters has something to prove here, trying to show Parker who's the boss in the house. Um, and ESPN projects that Lord of the Rings will win fifty one percent to forty nine percent. So it's a pretty close matchup. Um, ESPN thinks at least. And uh, it should be interesting to see how that one plays out. Next, we have two girlies, one cup, who's 1-0, going up against Bada Binger Special Ed, who is 0-1. Again, another battle in the household. We've got son versus father here. So um, ESPN uh, almost said predicts, but also wanted to say projects, and it came out with projects. So ESPN projects that two girlies, one cup, will win this matchup, 52% to 48%. Again, another uh, close matchup, it seems. So, again, two girlies, one cup, came out with a victory last week, and Special Ed did not. So, again, another matchup where the parent is trying to show who the boss is in the family. Um, Gosh, that was so cringy. Next, we have Louisiana Crawfish. 0-1 0-1 against Ligma Big One, who is also 0-1. So one of these people are going to try to come out of week two with a victory. Uh, ESPN projects that the Louisiana Crawfish will win. Uh, the percentage is 51% to 49%. So almost a 50-50 split. Um, again, I think this is going to be another close matchup, but I do lean one way, and I will, you know, let you guys let you guys know my projections in a second. Next, we have Dreamville Ring Chasers going up against the Hotlanta Ballers. ESPN projects that the Ring Chasers will win, 51% to 49%. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this matchup. I think that we both have some, uh, we both have pretty solid players, so I'm excited to see where this one goes. And then finally, we have Jermama's Football Club against Soul Snatcher 3 so I'm going to wait to cover this matchup until I get Troy Patton on the phone and in the podcast. But before we do that, I want to um, go ahead and share my projections on the other matchups. So Orgasming Owls versus Team Mac J and Cheese. I am going Orgasming Owls on that one. Next matchup, we have Hometown Drafters versus Lord of the Rings. I am going Lord of the Rings on that one. Next, we have Two Girlies, One Cup versus Bada Binger Special Ed. I'm going Two Girlies, One Cup. Next, we have Louisiana Crawfish versus Ligma Big One. I'm going Ligma Big One. Next, we have Dreamville Ring Chasers versus Hotlanta Ballers. I'm obviously going 
with the Dreamville Ring Chasers. So up next, we will have our second guest for the Fantasy Grades podcast, the manager of Soul Snatcher 3000, Troy Patton. We'll be back. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am now joined with the manager of Soul Snatcher 3000, Troy Patton. How are you doing today, Troy? We're doing good over here, Mr. Patton. <laughs> so I just went through all of the Week 2 matchups and shared um, what ESPN projected um, for who would win and who would lose. I, uh, I've already told the podcast I forgot to do the voting polls on Instagram this week, so I do not have what everyone else thinks about the matchup for this week. But I do have ESPN's projection, and I have my own projection as well, so I wanted to get your take on it. This week you were going up against Jermama's Football Club. Um, both of you are coming off a Week 1 victory. ESPN predicts that you will win the game 55% to 45%. And that's actually the biggest margin um, for this week uh, when it comes to ESPN projections. So what what are you looking forward to in this matchup against your mama's football club? Well, I mean, I mean, we're, we're talking apples to oranges here. I mean, this is, this ball, this this game is pretty much over with. I mean, you've got to you've got to look back at last week. You've got to look at Josh Allen going up against probably the best defense in the NFL right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, therefore, his numbers were very low. Um, if you double his numbers from last week, Chris Carson now is the primary running back at Seattle. Um, he'll get 85% of the touches. Um, that'll increase his numbers as well, almost double. And hopefully, um, if things go right, then we'll be able to uh, – we've moved a new defense in uh, for this week. We've brought the Cardinals aboard. I know they put up 17 last week. Mm, Chandler Jones with five sacks in like the first quarter. Yeah, the first it can, half. Be, a, it can be a fluke, but they are going against uh, Minnesota. Who the Bengals uh, just defeated. Yeah, exactly. So uh, hopefully that's a that's a good move defensively to add a little bit more in a way of uh, points to the overall. Um, I'm solid. Um, you're looking at Chubbs. You're looking at uh, Cup. Um, Chris Godwin, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, the first half of your lineup. I mean, hanging 20, what, nine points on the I think it was 25. 25. (laughs) I'm sorry, but, you know, when you've got, I mean, everybody thought that Kelsey's going to be the tight end. Um, Even Pitts. I feel sorry for him, actually. Uh, He's just stuck on a suck. I suck team with a bad quarterback. The ice is melted in Atlanta. <laughs> they need just to go ahead and uh, bring someone else in. I'll, I'll kind of give you some inside scoop here. I was actually working on a trade for Kyle Pitts and before the season started with two girlies, one cup owner, Josh Taylor. I was trying to get Pitts from him, but he wanted to hold on to him. Um, I still think Pitts will be a good player down the line for the season, but I definitely think that the Atlanta Falcons offense has to kind of find their groove. So I don't think there is a groove. The only groove is the 
rap music that they play probably before and after the game inside the uh, field house. Um, now, I do want people to remember that I do have a developing quarterback sitting in the uh, in the wings just in case uh, John Shallon's uh, season last year was a fluke. Um, you know, we have uh, Trevor, a.k.a. Spicoli Lawrence. Um, you know, him and his uh, his hair, which eventually somebody's going to grab. And That's tackle probably him. true. But honestly, you know, as he develops and matures as a NFL quarterback, the speed of the game, even though he played at that top-tier level of D1 college football, NFL, they say, is still – a difference of black and white in the way of speed. So right. So so you're you're predicted here to win against your mama's football club. I mean, are you? What do you have to? Do you have anything to say to Jermaine? Because he is coming off a week one victory here. You're both one and zero. You both are fighting to keep that L off your record. Um, I mean, and at the end of the day, one of you is going to be two and zero heading into week three. Um, I mean, Jermaine's got a killer tag team at wide receiver with Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, are are there any concerns going up against Jermaine, or do you have anything to tell him? Well, you know, we know we know uh, Jermaine by peanut, so uh, I will uh, refer to him as the peanut, and uh, he is my little man of the Jamaican descent. Jesus. And honestly. You know, I'm just looking here at the ESPN projections. This got me at 134 to his 118. It's got a lot of green check marks on my side. That doesn't mean anything because obviously last week when I played the uh, Louisiana Lobsters, um, <laughs> and we we demolished. I've got to stand up for it's the Louisiana crawfish, sir. What do you know about rolling down in the deep? Yeah, uh, she can take that song and, and make her Super Bowl shuffle song later on, like mm. Chicago Bears did in nineteen eighty five. But anyway, so what we're looking at here is uh, Baker Mayfield had a little bit of a tough game, I think, last week. So uh, Fournette, why in the world would you have him in your backfield? Um, but he is playing against Atlanta. But he's in a backfield with three other running backs. So um, let's see here. I don't see anything else that's really intimidating to me. Mm. Um, Clarissa's team did have a lot more green check marks and obviously it came out with just uh, she had a couple of uh, issues one being the defense <clears throat> she drafted in the sixth round but anyway that doesn't have uh, you know that doesn't matter neither here nor there so, so uh, as for Peanut I wish him the best of luck he's a great guy obviously thank the world of him uh, I've never seen week. a man I've never seen a man salivate over a seafood uh, pot of seafood in, in my life like he has. Uh, one time at dinner, it scared me. And, uh, and for that he, reason, you wish him luck. I thought he needed a, probably a bedroom with that thing of seafood. But yeah, I do wish him the best of luck. He's a great guy. Um, I'm sorry. I, he's definitely taking the nail on this one. Um, Wow! It's just, it's just no way. So, so you're pre- just, you're predicting you're going to go two and zero to start the season, yeah. and and what what's your? I mean, obviously, everyone's long term goal in the season is to win to win the championship. I mean, what is your confidence like going in to week two right now in terms of 
the the end goal of the season, which is winning the championship. Well, I think that anyone out there is, that understands NFL football, it's fifteen game season. Now seventeen. It, now seventeen. I stand corrected. <laughs> um, I forgot I was talking to ESPN.com. But at the same time, if you know, it's it's staying healthy. I mean, anybody can go down at any time. You've got to have good people on the backup on the bench to be able to fall in the position next man up. At. It's just, I'm telling you, it's it's a long, long season. So, therefore, everybody's going to stay healthy. And that's if true. they don't, then uh, that's when things get interesting in the season. I think that's where people start to fall apart. So you got to really do your uh, homework. Um, you know, I've got eight teams on Yahoo, um, and I've got uh, five here on ESPN. So um, I'm watching. Uh, I put people in different positions to see how they perform and keep my eyes on other people. I think that's the key to winning fantasy football when you have a main team like this. So. Um, currently, you are ranked number one in the East. You're, you're leading your division in the East. Um, and it's it's showing here on ESPN that's predicting you to have an 89% chance to get into the playoffs currently. Um, speaking of the East, you the, your other mates in the East are Lord of the Rings, Jermama's Football Club, Hometown Drafters, Louisiana Crawfish, Ligma Big One. I mean... Are there any other people in the East that you are you maybe not take? not necessarily afraid of, but is there anybody that you definitely think would give you a tough matchup, or is there Listen. any one person that you're you're looking at in the East that could be your division rival? Listen, I, I, I played defensive line when I played football. I played in the trenches, and you know I'm, I'm not afraid of anything when it comes to this. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I was just hitting my head against somebody else every single time. So it, I just don't see it. I, you know, I think we, how many, I'm trying to pull this up. I think we actually had three wins out of our division, right? Yeah. Every, every, um, each division, you have a top three and a bottom three. You have three people with a W, three people with a L. Because yeah. for the first four weeks of the season, we're all playing in division games. And then for the, Weeks five through nine, we all are playing out of division games. So, yeah, it's all it's going to be all in division for the first four. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is like it's it's going to definitely uh, set the pace. Just hopefully everybody will will you know stay healthy. Yeah, I agree with you on that. At least the first you know five to seven weeks, and that way, if we've got to make any moves and pull people next man up, then we'll have somebody to fall into place there. I will give Gabe a little shout-out on the owls there for putting up 159 points. That was pretty impressive as well. Wow, um, shout-out like to said, Gabe. Yeah, but like I said, if, if my guys – I had three guys that scored probably half the points they should have. So you're looking at over 200 points, hypothetically, uh, if – if my guys would have performed at the level they should have. Um, so that shows the power of the Soul Snatcher 3000. You heard it here first, folks. Troy, thank you for your time today. We appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your thoughts on the season as well as your Week 2 matchup. So we appreciate you. 
We thank you. I'm going to do a little outro here. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening to Episode 3 of the Fantasy Grades Podcast. Week 2 is here. Uh, Next week, I will be doing the same thing, coming back on here, sharing what happened in Week 2, and looking forward to Week 3. And I will, again, have another guest on the podcast. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and I'll show you later.